It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 301, Jesus Feeds the 5,000. Jeremiah 31.3, I will turn their mourning into gladness. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. In the last episode, we covered the death of John the Baptist. And we know that Jesus was praying for him. He was praying for the disciples. Jesus, the great intercessor. And then word comes of John the Baptist's death to Jesus. And it says he goes to a remote place. Why? to mourn. He loved him. He was the greatest of the Old Testament prophets, and he was his relative. Jesus was famous, but he was still human. Let's say he was fully God and fully man, but he was still part man. He had to mourn. Later would say Jesus would be filled with compassion. And consider this in this account as Jesus' heart is being pulled out of a place of mourning. Out of it comes a deep wellspring of compassion emotionally, we can't miss what's going on here. And this is the final account in all the four Gospels, where the four Gospel writers capture it before the Jesus' Jerusalem weeks. So we have a, you know, a four, cos- four Gospel intersection and four views of this identical event. I picture Jesus in secret somewhere you know, praying for John the Baptist and his disciples on this evangelism mission. And then Jesus goes to Capernaum. He's there. He's going to wait on his disciples to return from evangelizing. And as they share their testimonies, Jesus shares the terrible news of John the Baptist. And they go from boat, from Capernaum to Bethsaida, which is at the very top of the Sea of Galilee. And this is that desolate place where they go to mourn but the people won't allow them to mourn. Luke 9, 10. And when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with them. They withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. This compassion comes from a deep place. Jesus is mourning for John the Baptist when this happens. His mourning is interrupted. Um, He's sensitive in his spirit, and he has extreme compassion on them. And it's from this deep place, this wellspring of healing comes. Check out the language in Mark 6.30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, he said, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them, recognized them, ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. I find it fascinating how they followed him on foot, watching his boat from afar, going around the top of the north west corner of the Sea of Galilee, everyone was following Jesus, and he was doing signs and wonders. Thousands were following once they caught up with him. There there was 5,000 people. 
perhaps the boat was slowed down by poor winds or something, and they could see it from cliff tops, you know, and, and word was going where Jesus was headed. It was, he was a, ahead of them, you know, like the Holy Spirit marketer. I don't know what was going on, but the people were following that boat to that north side of the lake where there was very little. You ever mourn deeply? It pulls deep at your soul and heart at the same time. From this deep, deep place, Jesus didn't even really get to finish his mourning. And the people were there. He explodes with power, teaching, and glory, and multiplication. John 6, 1. When the Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him. He said to Philip, where should we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he had already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, I would take more than, it would take more than a year's wage, half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each to have a bite. Another disciple's Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will that go? Notice how Jesus asked the question. He knew the answer. He was just asking it to test them, or better yet, set them up for a wonder. It's funny to me how Andrew the fisherman responds that a boy has food. Some wonderful mom packed this boy's lunch, no-name boy, and she had no idea it would be one day used to feed thousands. This boy's meager provision provided for everyone. He was the seed that blessed thousands. John 6.10, Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down, about 5,000 were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, distributed it to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. I've had it interesting how he sat them down almost in a military order in 50s and 100s. Jesus' church is an army in the kingdom of heaven. We'll get to this, back to this point in a bit. As this militaristic order will actually be misinterpreted. I heard Ron Hart Bonnke preach a sermon on this scene. He said, the miracle was in the hands of the disciples. The miracle's in your hands. All you have to do is take the broken bread of Jesus and give it to another. As much as you give it away, it will be available to others. The miracle was in the moment they took from Jesus the broken bread and turned around to give it to another. Isn't that powerful? Hmm. Have you ever looked at the numbers in the scene and wondered about them? Nothing is by coincidence in the Bible. That's just not Jesus' way. Everything's on purpose. The numbers in the scene, five bread, two fish, fed 5,000 plus 12 basketfuls. The numbers are Jewish numbers. This miracle was a miracle for the Jews. It was in Jewish territory. The next miracle will be in a Gentile territory, and it will be Gentile numbers. Check out the numbers of this scene. Jesus' miracle of multiplication, five bread plus two fish 
equals five, fed 5,000 plus 12 basketfuls. Five is the number for Jesus. Five is the number for grace. Bread, five, the five pieces of bread. Jesus broke, Jesus's body was broken. And we were left with 12 disciples, 12 basketfuls. He's birthing his church, but he's also blessing this nation of Israel. Jesus's miracle, after he was broken, he was multiplied, almost like he was multiplied into 12 disciples who carried on his work. It's also a symbolic picture of Jesus's atonement given to feed the nation of Israel and the 12 disciples, the future church, which will continue the work. I've heard of a multiplication of food a good number of times, believe it or not. Miracles are for today at a grassroots level. I've heard about it in multiple occasions. A church food bank prays it all the time. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, had unlimited stories of God always providing for his family and the orphans. I remember having a church parties at our house once. My wife knew we didn't have enough food, and instead of rushing to the store, we just prayed. And we did this multiple times, and somehow you always end up with enough. Uh, the last two times we went to Mexico for a mission trip. We didn't run out of tracks or things to give away until we literally crossed the border. Uh, this last time, we were wondering if we had enough, um, and we were like, we always have enough. <laughs> we just prayed about it. Heidi Baker, a missionary in Mozambique, she has a few exceptional stories of multiplication of food, but it always relates to those who are hungry, those who are in need. Um, there's, there's a purpose in it, right? You know, God has blessed America in astounding ways, or, or the, and, and the world in many ways, but in a missionary setting, in a, in a session of need, in a time of Ministry is where you see, but have the faith that if he did it then, he'll take care of you now. It's his promise to take care of his children. All right, let's, so let's get back to the account and wrap this up. Don't miss the emotions here. That's why we started with Jeremiah 31.3. I will turn their mourning into gladness, and I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. The disciples were on a high, and Jesus was on a low. I mean, the emotions are all over the place. Jesus had broken off his bread and fed the disciples. Something was very, very powerful happening here. But something goes wrong at the very end, too. Um, so um, it goes so wrong. It's almost as if the other gospel writers are ashamed to write about it. But only John will give you this, this very last portion of what happens in this scene. Ever been to a revival meeting? Ever had an experience like heaven on earth? These guys are experiencing it. And they start to tap into something spectacular, heaven on earth, even the spirit of prophecy. Perhaps Jesus taught on the kingdom to come. We don't know. And they get it, but miss the season of visitation. Perhaps a, a spirit takes over them and they become rampant. They have ecstatic fervor. They, they, get, they get so zealous and wrapped up, but they get it the wrong way. They start to think Jesus as another Judas Maccabee or some heroic figure. It says they saw him as a prophet. Many didn't see him as the bread of life himself. And it was as if they received an astounding miracle and they tasted of God, but they didn't understand it and they were 
consumed by the wrong thought or the wrong spirit or the wrong understanding. And because of it, their theology got all mixed up. Is it what it was as if they knew the truth, but not the season. The crowd gets stirred up, but the wrong way. And now Jesus makes his quiet exit, perhaps in their midst again, which was his way. John 6, 14. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say to themselves, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. It's such a strange verse. Things are ramping up. Think about what had just happened. John the Baptist just died. The disciples just did the works. There was compassion. There was healing, miracles, signs, wonders everywhere. This revival meeting at Bethsaida, there's multiplication of bread. Yes, they want political change too, but not at this time. Think on this now. We are suffering, <laughs> compared to today, we're suffering from great injustice in the earth. But we're starting to see something powerful, a sweeping change in the church and the body of Christ and a revival. There really is a miracle in the works. I think I just quoted a song. The point is people were looking for political change, but Jesus came for spiritual change. It starts with the heart, and this is where Jesus will camp out with his, until his church gets it. So much is going on, so many miracles, so much maturity, so much growth. Jesus is your king, rest assured. He has his place, but we first have to make him our savior. The last thing we need is a king put in place like Saul. Man is flawed. We need Jesus to run the show in his timing and via his design. Let's make sure we put Jesus in our heart first. Then the throne will follow. The heart will take care of all the rest. Making Jesus king is great, but making him king by force is making him our king the way we want things to be. That's almost as if we're putting him there so he'll do what we want. It was such a glorious moment, yet it was nearly ruined in the end by man's false interpretation of the moment. It's like we have to tell the Marthas to sit down and let Mary just sit at his feet. Sit down, Martha, and let Mary just sit at his feet. For the body was just broken. Sit and soak up all the true king has to say. Receive healing, deliverance, and wholeness. Receive Jesus in your heart, and all will fall into place. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Message to Kings. Feel free to check out the website, messagetokings.com, uh, or if you want to chat or connect with us, email us at messagetokings at gmail.com.